Welcome to the Florence Crossroad podcast. We're thrilled to share with you an exciting message from our weekend service. If you would like more information about who we are as a church and how to get involved, feel free to visit florencecrossroadag.org. We hope you have an amazing experience and a great week. Well, good morning. And as we've already shared, this is Mother's Day. We didn't need to tell you that, but it is. And we are here to celebrate a great day, not just with our mamas, but with the ladies here in our community and really wherever this would go. You know, I have been looking at this message that we're about to share this morning, and a couple things come to my mind. One, when God created women, he created a heart to love, to nurture, and to do things that really, as men, we are not totally equipped to do. There's a distinction and there's a difference. And for that, we are very grateful. I thank God for that difference. But with it, we're going to see this morning how that plays out in so many ways. Uh, I want to thank all of you ladies for joining us and for being a part of our lives. I have some very special ladies in my life, my wife, obviously. And uh, I have a daughter that I love dearly. I, I, a, a daughter-in-law that's just like my daughter. And a, a granddaughter that uh, really brings a spark of joy to all of us. But there's one lady that is very important to me and very special to me. And that's my own mother. My mama is 90 years old and she's still with us. And I thank God for that. She has been a blessing and an inspiration of my life in many, many ways. This morning, I want to share with you a message. Uh, a simple title of the message would be Doorways, Hallways, and Gateways. And we'll explain that as we progress through, through this message this morning. It's found in 2 Kings chapter 4. And it's the story of a woman that we really do not know her name. There's no name given to her. In fact, we'll see her in... 2 Kings 4 and 2 Kings chapter 8. And again, there's no mention of a name. But her significance is very real. I, I think as we look at our world today, many of us during this social distancing sometimes feel a little bit like we are isolated from everything and everyone. And sometimes that feeling gives to us the sense that maybe, maybe God isn't even aware. But I've got good news. He really is. And if there's one thing I can tell you about the God that I serve, he wants the very best for his kids. He's never wanted anything less. He's given us the best. When he gave us Jesus, he didn't give us second rate or something less. He gave us the very best heaven had to offer. God knows your name. As a matter of fact, he's got your number too. He knows where you live. He knows everything about you. He knows all the things that you're dealing with and what you're going through. You know, God's word is a revealer of our lives. And as we open it this morning, I'm convinced that we're going to see ourselves in this story. This woman's story is a journey of which we're going to follow. It took her through several stages, three that I'm going to talk about this morning, that I, I would call them identification blocks that might tell us where we are even today. For the sake of this message, I have, as I said, titled it Doorways, Hallways, and Gateways. I hope that you'll find yourself this morning in one of those areas because I believe that God will give us wisdom, He'll give us faith, and He'll give us help 
to walk our way through this. I hope the message gives, gives us clarity of wisdom, how to deal with these moments that come into our lives. And each of us, I think, will find some benefit from it today. This woman was a prosperous woman. Her husband was successful. We see that in, in the story. And in the success, it was wonderful, but there was something missing. She didn't have a child. There was a family that consisted only of her and her husband, but there was a longing that wanted more. There was a man that would come into the village where she lived. And this man was a prophet. His name was Elisha. He came through that, that city or that community frequently. And when he did, he would always, this woman gave him invitations. She would prepare food for him. She would take care of him. She would help him because he spoke valued truth to her. One day, she had a conversation with her husband. She says, you know, we had this extra room up on the wall. Why don't we make that, why don't we make that a, a little cottage, a bed and breakfast, if you will, and we're going to provide for this man of God that comes through. I think we'll go down to Ikea and get some furniture and we can put it together, maybe a nightstand and a, and a bed or whatever. And she outfitted this room. And so when he came through the next time, she gave him invitation. She said, I have prepared this room just for you. This is for you whenever you come through. She cleared a space and invited the man of God into her home. Now, a thought hit me as I, as I was thinking about that. Have you cleared space for God to come into your life? Have you done it recently? Have you quieted your life down? I know that in all of this isolation, life has, for many, slowed down. But in that, have we quieted ourselves to hear Him? Have we taken time to get rid of the clutter uh, that's going on around us? Have we, have we slowed our pace in a sense of inviting him in these moments to come in so that he can speak to us, so that he can talk to us, so that we can hear him? Sometimes, sometimes we have to kick other voices out of our life in order to hear his voice. Sometimes we have to quiet the voices that are beckoning for our attention around us so that we can hear him. And because she cleared space for God, God spoke to her. There was a dream that she had had, that dream that had been there for a long time, a dream that had never been fulfilled, a dream that she had put on the shelf and she had put away. She had closed the door, if you will, on the dream. She had hoped, she had thought, she'd prayed, but nothing had happened. I had a wonderful professor when I was in college that made a statement to me one day he said, sometimes, son, there are going to be questions that you have that you can't find answers. And rather than longing and striving to figure out the answers, put those questions on the shelf. God, in his right time, when you're ready, when you're wise enough, when you're mature enough, he will bring those questions off the shelf and give you answers. I can look back over the life that I've lived, and there are many of those questions that he has brought down to me right now. And I know the answers for some of them. I think this is the doorway. This is where this woman was. In 2 Kings 4, it says one day, in verse 11, one day Elisha returned to Shunem, and he went up to his upper room to rest, this place that this woman had prepared. He said to his servant Gehazi, tell the woman from Shunem, I want to speak to her. 
When she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her, we appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put a good word in for you to the king or to the commander of the army? Listen to her reply. It's very telling. No, she replied, my family takes very good care of me. Let's stop there for a second. This is where some of you are. You've been faithful to God. You've loved him. You've given your life to him. You've followed him. You're doing your best to serve him. And God says, I want to bless you. And you say, that's okay, God. I'm good. I'm good. We have a difficult time receiving the blessings that God wants to bring to us. We're good at giving, but we're not always so good at receiving. And this is where God steps in. I want to bless you. I love that passage. I know the plans I have for you. I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to bless you. Bless you. Those words echo in my, my ears and my heart. If you go on in this, it says later, Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son and her husband is an old man. Call her back again, Elisha told him. When the woman returned, Elisha said to her, as she stood in the doorway, and I, I like that's where I got the title, as she stood in the doorway, next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she said. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. You see, she had been disappointed too many times before. She had sought and wanted a son, and it didn't happen. And the last thing she needed was to have her hopes built, only to be crushed one more time. You see, friends, this is where we have to recognize God knows the best for us. He has plans for us. He knows what he desires for us. He wants the best in store for us. And he keeps his hand upon our lives in a very special and significant way. A doorway, a place where God wants to speak to you about dreams you have boxed up and put away because they didn't happen on your timetable. Or perhaps you thought they should have happened at a specific time, but they didn't. I can get my hopes up anymore, she said. I don't want to have this disappointment one more time. I can't get my hopes up, you say, anymore. My marriage is a mess. My kids, there's challenges. There's strife in my home. I don't know what this isolation is doing with my job. My finances are insecure. There are so many things that we, we struggle with, and we really don't want to get our hopes up, only to have them crushed. Her response, oh, no, God, don't get my hopes up again. Right now, God is putting his finger on things in our lives that sometimes we have written off simply because we've been disappointed. God's word, friends, is the final word, not your word and not your timetable. But you have to stand in a doorway. You have to allow that dream to one more time come alive. God has plans, dreams. He has a desire. He has a destiny for every one of us. And when you stop, stood at that doorway and you open that box of possibility up, God can come in. Don't give up your dreams. Don't lay down your dreams because of disappointment or say it's over unless God says it's over. Be strong 
be open and be willing in that doorway. One thing that's interesting about doorways, <laughs> they often lead to hallways. And sometimes hallways are not fun. Hallways come in three sizes, short, long, and very long. <laughs> Second King says it this way, one day when her child was older, she's had this child, the promise happened. She was the recipient of a dream that she'd had for a long time. And now when this child had grown a bit, says one day when her child was older, he went out to help his father who was working with the harvesters. And suddenly he cried out, my head hurts, my head hurts. His father said to one of the servants, carry him to his mother. Isn't that just like a man? We don't know what to do. We don't know how to deal with it. We don't have that nurturing capacity that God gave to a woman. And when it came to a difficult moment, take him to his mother. So the servant took him home and his mother held him on her lap. But around noontime, he died. Tragedy in the hallway. It happened. It was the very reason she said, don't get my hopes up. Why she was hesitant to go into the doorway in the beginning. I, I can't control what's about to happen. I can't control what comes next. How many of that does that kind of fit with us? <laughs> Some of us are glorified control freaks. We want to control everything. We want to make sure everything is going just right. We want everything in its right spot and its right time. And life doesn't give us that option. How many of have us have found life sometimes feels like it's out of control? But when it's out of control, friends, listen to me, it's really in God's control. He's in control and his hand is still there and he's going to show us some things if we will trust him. Some of you are in a hallway. You're more confused than you are clear. You're, you're, more, you're more misunderstood than understood. You're walking about a hallway that is too great, too difficult, and you're saying, I can't handle this. Well, let me share with you some rules that happen in the hallway. I remember being in school, and there were rules about the hallway. <laughs> Rule number one. No bags in the hallway. You put your bags in the locker. You didn't need the clutter of all of these kids in chaos down, down, down the hallway. What that simply means is that there was nothing unnecessary taken during that hallway tra traverse. You're in a season of transition, going from one thing to the next. No baggage is allowed here. <laughs> I live it. It says she carried him up. She carried this son, the body of this child that she loved, dreamed and planned and hoped for, that had died in her lap. She carried this child and laid him on the bed of the man of God and then shut the door and left him there. She took that boy and laid him on the bed of promise that had been given to her. She went back to where the promise began that place where hope rose and her dreams became a reality. She took that dead, broken life back to a place of its proper beginnings. And that's what we have to do. Sometimes we have to take the broken things and the bruised things and even the dead things. We have to take them back to where God gave the promise in the first place. 
take what's confusing and what I don't understand back to the place where there was clarity and understanding. We've all learned to pick up those things. We have to learn that. We have to pick up those things. We can't just stay there in that place. But what happens so often is that we, we have these broken things. We have these dead things come along. And we, we, we want the drama of our life to be expressed and experienced by other people. We want to draw them into it. We want them to, we want them to see, look at me. Look at my disappointment. Look at all that I've, look at how bad everything is. And we put it on Facebook. We put it on Twitter. We put it on Instagram. We post it for the whole world. May I share with you something? The whole world really doesn't care. But God does. God does. We want everybody to know about our drama. And God is saying, bring it to me. Many today go around with our baggage on show and tell. The hallway. We're stuck. We're not going anywhere. We're stymied because of the bags that we have carried. You're delaying your own destiny by camping there. You're holding up around an issue that you need to move forward in. I want you to hear this. This was a time where she was living in very raw emotional state. She had just lost her son. Her grief was real. Her loss was beyond pain. The pain of that loss was beyond understanding. But she took that broken thing back to the place where the dream began. She took it. She didn't step here. She didn't say, oh, look at this. Look at me. No. She took that baby, the baby of promise, back to where the promise giver gave her the promise. Lock away those bags until God unlocks it. Until God speaks over it. Until God lays his hand on it and resurrects it. Take it back to him. Listen to verse 22. She sent message. She sent a message to her husband. Send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can hurry to the man of God and come right back. Why go today? <laughs> Talk about clueless Clem. Why go today? He asked. It is neither a new moon festival nor a Sabbath. Listen to her answer. She said, it will be all right. It will be all right. It wasn't all right. In fact, it was horrible. Her boy had died. And yet look at the poise and the grace this woman carried. It takes me to the second rule of the hallway, and that was no talking in the hallways. Can you imagine... A hundred kids in the hallway all talking at the same time. The noise level would be overwhelming. This is what, she, what we're hearing here. No talking in the hallway. She, she didn't give a lot of voice to her husband. She just simply said, it will be all right. And the father asked uh, what was going on. She says, it's under control. Now think about it. She stood in a doorway where her dream had been resurrected. And it had been fulfilled, and she had been able to carry that dream in its reality for several years. And now that dream had been crushed. But she reminded herself that it was the dream giver and the dream keeper that was able to bring back a resurrected life to her. Hallway conversations are often places to talk, but they're not the place where we should talk. 
confusion, anger, betrayal, conversations that are warped, feelings that are very real, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to express ourselves, but, but those conversations, friends, can travel, and they can travel in places you don't need them to travel. Unless you want other people in your life and in your business, it's better probably to be quiet in the hallway. God is saying, I know, talk to me. I know what you're feeling, speak to me. I want to be in on this conversation. Go to him, talk to him. Don't hold back. So in verse 24 it says, she saddled the donkey and said to the servant, hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you to. I don't know how big of an engine was in that, was in that Mustang, but it was a good one. And she wasn't gonna be held back and nobody was gonna stop her. I'm going to get to the man of God and don't get in my way. Don't slow me down. I'm going to get to the answer. I'm going back to where the promise was given, and I'm in a hurry. I know this is what God wants for my life. Know that, my friend. There's a third rule. No loitering in the hallway. No talking. No bags. No loitering. You're not supposed to live in hallways, folks. You're not supposed to set up your home in a hallway season. And yet too many are making a temporary place a permanent address. We camp in a place that God never intended for us. In my disappointment, in my bitterness, in my, in my misunderstanding, in my confusion, we want to stay there. God doesn't want you there. He wants to take you to the better place to a place of hope, to a place of destiny. He wants to take you out of the hallway into the broader spectrum of all his blessings. Don't allow the enemy to give you an address that God never gave you. God wants something better for you than you can even imagine. Verse 27, it says, But when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him, caught hold of his feet. Gehazi began to push her away, but the man of God said, Leave her alone. She is deeply troubled, but the Lord has not told me what it is. I think God wants us to get to a place where we can articulate what we need and what's happening in our life. In the doorway, when the man of God asked, what can I do for you? She had so put away her dream that she couldn't even speak about it. She couldn't articulate it. It had been so hidden deep down in her because of disappointment and, and, and rejection perhaps in her past. She couldn't even bear to bring it up. So somebody else had to suggest what that dream that had been hidden was. And you walk into your hallway and you begin to fight for your future and standing ground in face of the enemy. When you get into your hallway and tell the enemy, I'm not going to let you rip me off one more time. When you get into the hallway and find the right counsel, listen and they speak to you. What can I say? What can we do? Let them know. Don't hold it back. I fought the enemy. I've had a disaster happen in my life and I'm right here right now, man of God, and I need an answer and I need it now. This was what she articulated at this time. We have to find the words. We have to seek those words. And what she did, it's an amazing story and I'm not gonna go into this because there's a, a part that I feel we need to go to this morning. She didn't, she, it was overwhelming. She articulated her need. She comes to the man of God, and God 
comes through, her child would be resurrected. Her and the man of God, her and Elisha come back to the house. Long story, you can read it for yourself. That child was raised from death to life. Wow, what a story. But it doesn't end there. Sometimes we look at that and we say, wow, that's a powerful ending. We come to the end of chapter 4 and, and what a magnificent story. God answered prayer, but the best was yet to come. In chapter 8 of that same book, 2 Kings, we come into what I call the gateways. You ever been through something and you ask yourself, what was that all about? Why did I go through that? Didn't make sense at the time. None of us are immune from the sorrow and from the disappointment. I've learned something. If we have eyes to see, we can find that God takes seeds from every sorrow and he plants those, nurtures them, and they grow into our tomorrow. If we, if we recognize that God doesn't waste anything, he doesn't waste any emotion, he doesn't waste any commotion, he doesn't waste even any promotion, he has a way of extracting something from today's pain and put it into our future for our very best. It's not always fun. Not always pleasant. Some of you have been through tough things. Divorce, death, bankruptcies, loss. God has something good for what the enemy has tried so hard to destroy. I'm reminded of the story of Joseph. You know the story. Perhaps you know the story. A young man that God raised up to ultimately become second command under Pharaoh. His brother sold him. He, he was beaten. He was, he was lied about. He was put into prison. It was, a, it was a pitiful story in many ways. But each of those segments, this word follows Joseph. And God was with Joseph. Whether it was in the pit or whether it was in Potiphar's house or whether it was in the prison or whether it was at the side of, the, of Pharaoh, God was with Joseph. And when his brothers are finally come back to him and see him, one of the words that he says, he says this to his brothers, the ones that wanted to kill him, sold him into slavery. What the devil, what the enemy has meant for harm, God has used for good. Some of the things that we see is so tragic and so painful. God ultimately can take all of that and use it for our good for the best for other people. In chapter 8, a famine is about to hit that country. It's going to devastate that place. Elisha, the man of God, comes to the Shunammite woman and said, I have a word for you. I want you to leave with your family and all that you have and go to another land because for seven years there's going to be a famine in this land. And so she does. She follows the leading of what God has spoken through the man of God. Seven years later, she comes back. She has an encounter. She's approaching the king to try and recoup her, her property. Unbeknownst to her, the king and Gehazi are having a conversation. He says, I want to know more about Elisha. I'd like to know some of the stories that occurred. And Gehazi, not knowing this woman is there coming, begins to rehearse the story of the resurrection of that little boy's son. 
the whole story from how God would give that woman the promise and the birth and the life and even the death and now life-giving resurrection. And about that time, guess what? Coincidence of coincidence. <laughs> Not quite. This woman shows up. Verse Kings, 2 Kings 8, verse 5 says, And Gehazi was telling the king about the time Elisha had brought a, a boy back to life. At that very moment, the mother of the boy, at that very moment, isn't that something? At that very moment, the mother of the boy walked in to make her appeal to the king about her house and land. Look, my lord, the king. Look, my lord, the king. Gehazi exclaimed, here is the woman now, and this is her son, the very one Elisha brought back to life. Is this true? The king asked her. And she told him the story. Now listen to the word. So he directed one of his officials to see that everything she had lost was restored to her, including the value of any crops that had been harvested during her absence. Don't stop before your gateway. Don't stop until God comes and speaks. God has a payback moment for the pain and the discouragement and the discomfort that we find in life. God has ways and means to go beyond anything we could ever know. Keep moving. Keep believing. Keep standing on God's promises for you. God wants to give you hope. He wants to give you faith. He wants to give you tenacity. He wants to give you the promise that he gave you in the beginning. Don't let the enemy or other people move you out of God's providential plan. He cares about you. Lean into God in the doorway, into the hallway, and don't stop until you get through your gateway. He is there, and he's there right now. And we can trust him. Father, I have no idea of all those that would be hearing this message today. But I do know this. You know their life. You know where they're at right now. You know the dreams that they've had that have not been fulfilled. You know how those dreams have been squashed and pushed back and pushed into the recesses of our mind and our heart. And yet those dreams came from you. Lord, would you allow us to see those dreams come back, revitalize them. Father, I pray that we can stand in the doorway where you will speak promise over what the enemy has tried to destroy. And some of us are in that hallway moment and, and it's a long hallway and there's been many difficulties and challenges but, Father, we remind ourselves that you are the promise maker and you are the promise keeper. You gave us the promise, and we're going to stand on that promise. And we're not going to let hell or high water hold us back from what you have planned. Father, the broken dreams, the broken plans, the, 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 the distractions of other people that have hurt us and maybe, maybe abandoned us, or maybe not even given us the time of day you're still with us you love us you care about us you are still there for us and Lord as we enter into that gateway moment would you open the floodgates of heaven would you bring promise and blessing and grace and strength into the lives that are here today 
Give us the wisdom that we need to travel this moment. Guide and guard our hearts, we pray in Jesus' precious name. This morning, my prayer for you is that you will not be shortchanged and you will not allow others to shortchange you from the blessings of God. The most important thing that you can do is to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. To receive Him, to respond to Him, to, to let Him have control of your life. He cares about you. He loves you. And all He's asking for us is that we will love Him back. You know, it's not so difficult. He made it as simple and so simple that a child could receive it. The Bible says that if we would confess with our mouth and believe in our heart on the Lord Jesus Christ, we would have eternal life. And this morning, he wants to give that to you. Open your heart to him. I'm going to pray a simple little prayer. You make this prayer yours. There are places and people, I should say, that are here to hear you and to pray with you. You can... You can make this commitment today and, and you can allow us to know that this has been a day where you made a renewal of your life. Maybe it's coming back to him. Maybe it's the first time you've ever bowed your heart to him. But let somebody know. Let us know. In the chat line, in an email to our, our address, some way, let us know because we would love to pray with you today. But pray this prayer with me. If this is you, Father, I need you. I need your mercy. I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. I need your help. I receive you, Father, right now. I accept your son, Jesus, as my savior. I'm tired of fighting the battles that I cannot win. I'm tired of, of traveling a course that I don't have an answer for or a destination to be able to go. I need your wisdom. I need your clarity in these confusing moments. I need you today to help me in my journey. I need you now. I receive you as my Savior. Receive me as your child in Jesus' name. Amen. If you made that commitment, let us know. We want to walk with you in this journey and help you any way we can. And now may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he ground, crown you with every good blessing and promise. May God's grace and goodness cover you in Jesus' name. Happy Mother's Day. Please come by and pick up a special gift, our love, and our blessing for each of you today. Have a wonderful day in Jesus'